The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Hey, look at that. We've uh, made it past uh, 3 o'clock on this. Uh, a Wednesday edition of the 6.30 Shit Afternoon News, or as we like to call it, uh, it's, what is it, Kelsey? It's Wednesday. Oh, man. <laughs> You're the kid that took their ball and went home when you were five years old. Uh, Hugh's been waiting forever. I don't know what that means. Uh, okay. Hey, Hugh, what's on your mind? Uh, I, uh, I agree with you completely, Andrew. As far as I'm concerned, anybody that's worked in the private industry, at least in the oil field, we get X amount a day for subsistence if you're living outside of camp in a hotel. Yep. And that subsistence covers both your room and your meals. How you spend it is up to you. And we certainly never got $195 a day. No. Never. <laughs> there were times, it's like, I mean, this is 10, 15, 20 years ago sometimes, but our subsistence was $50 a day. And that's your room and your meal. So if you, did, if you, could, if you spent over that, great. But if you didn't, great. And, you know. But we're all oil babies, and we make millions of dollars a year, right? Yeah, it's funny because I've been I've been thinking about expenses, Hugh, and, and you know, as I say, it goes back a quarter of a century since I put in an expense report. I've never done one here at six thirty checks. I never go anywhere, but it's just really funny when I think about the scrutiny that those reports were under when I was in private industry, and not just in looking for waste, but also I had a I had a boss, Bill Taylor. He's uh, passed on now, but I'll, at Algoma Steel at the uh, Calgary sales office, and he would look at it. To the other degree, for example, he would say, "Look, I noticed that you put in a two hundred dollar bar tab that you were drink you were having drinks with whoever you know whatever yep. oil company, and I'd say, "Yeah, that's right, and he'd go, "Where's the taxi receipt to go with it?" Good answer yeah, great question, you know like why did you did you allow the customer to get in a car and drive? Did you drive a company car home after the you know so he yep. would he would that's the kind of scrutiny that went into a multi billion-dollar corporation. You, you think the government, though, would have that down? Yeah. And you think that, you know, okay, I mean, I know it's a union mentality, and I don't want to play that card where blah, 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 but everything is inflated. You know, your rates are inflated because of the... I, I, I understand that. And but you know what, Hugh? How about this? $195 a day. I know. You can't live on that. And, and let, let's tie in a couple of conversations here. Kelsey, our caller, I think it was Jane, Hugh's call, and, and stuff that I've said. And you, you said, Kelsey, just imagine the mountain of material you'd have to go through, the, the money, you know, and, and so on. But listen, if somebody downloads a torrent illegally, if somebody downloads uh, a a real housewives, instead of paying for it, there's an algorithm at Shaw that identifies that there was some activity on your line that's probably a little suspicious. So it doesn't necessarily have to be individuals with glasses and pocket protectors pouring over years upon years of receipts. Algorithms can knock out these days all kinds of discrepancies. If one MLA is spending significantly more on an item than every other MLA, there's got to be an algorithm that kicks that out. You, you, you really only need so. one good programmer. You would think they would have the technology and the, and the mindfulness to manage such a thing, but yeah. apparently, you know... I mean, you don't see it day to day, right? Like week to week as an expense report comes in, you might not see it. But at the end of the year, as I say, Algoma, you know, Algoma used to look and say, wait a second, every salesman spends on average this much on gas, but this salesman spends twice that. Why is that? Well, if you, if you worked in a supply company that supplied steel to industrial jobs and you have the, you have, you know what I'm saying, when 
Yeah. Like a union uh, union versus non-union versus corporate versus government versus all that. <laughs> yeah. You understand what I'm saying when I say that? Yeah. And it's just the mindset of yep. these people that, that draw on this taxpayer dollar that all oh, the money's free. It goes all the way right all the way through the provincial government, the federal government, and it goes right to the fact that we work till the middle of just about July before we, we work till that tax-free day. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. And you, as soon as you start saying manage your money, or it's all this, we're, we're all a bunch of racists and penny pinchers. <laughs> you, I'm glad you hung on for uh, for that. Thanks you, so much for the call. Appreciate it. Have a great afternoon. It's, it's Sebastian it's, texted in to six thirty six thirty on this, and I. I, I I don't know that we are quite as technically savvy to have these algorithms in mind Mm -hmm. and to know. I also think that a lot of times, like, they're handing over actual gas receipts. You're Mm -hmm. getting what I printed out from the gas station. Sure, but somebody's inputting that data, right? Yeah, but then where is it getting sent? What's printed out? It's Mm -hmm. then scanned onto this this Twitter account. Uh, But Sebastian said, here's the technicality of getting an accounting firm to go through everyone's books and find out who's screwing the system. It could take years and millions and millions of dollars to do that accounting and in the end, they would probably recover less than they spend on this accounting firm, and the repercussions are no worse than a slap on the wrist. Well, there is a great point there as to what the repercussions are, and as many of our texters have pointed out, that those of us in private industry that did anything that any of these MLAs or MPs or, or you know whoever might have done, we would lose our job, or if we stole from a company, we might be charged, right? And that doesn't seem to be the case of politicians. But as far as how long it would take and how much money it would cost, uh, I would argue then that, well, then why would firemen bother putting out fires in buildings? I mean, listen, you're going to risk a lot of lives. It's going to cost a lot of money. It's going to take a whole bunch of time. Why don't we just let it burn to the ground? No, we have to go in and save as much as we can. So I would say the same with uh, politicians and auditing politicians. I don't care how much it costs. And and you know what? And I I would like that to be where the bar is set so that future politicians say, you know what, 10 years after I'm out of office, I'm still going to be held accountable for what I did while I was in office. And then maybe those individuals, like I said, who go into politics for all the right reasons would stay in politics for all the right reasons and not any of the wrong reasons. The fact that you can expense this and get away with that and get a pension and, you know, I, and as I said... Well, they should get a pension. Sure, of course they should get all of that. They should get a pension for sure. Should, they shouldn't get all of that. But as I say, I don't think anyone goes into public service saying, well, I'm just going to put, well, maybe some do, but I'm going to go into public service with the hopes of getting a pension for the rest of my life. So I need to stay two terms so I get that. I don't think you go in with that mindset. Maybe a handful, do, I don't know, but I don't think they do. But I think once in, they start thinking, oh, wait a minute, if I get elected one more time, I'm going to get a pension. And by the way, I'm making a little pocket cash on the side with whatever. To be clear, this is what I want. And it was Jane who first called in and suggested this uh, about an hour ago, saying yeah. saying that we need to get in there, we need to get a, an independent accounting firm to go back, and I don't disagree. My thing is, it's funny, we're getting all of these people texting in, <laughs> quoting a few good men, and all I can think is, the truth? You can't handle the truth, <laughs> because when we find out what, like, wh- I can't, I don't even want to throw a number out there, but when we talk about federal governments, if we think about all of our provincial governments, every politician, every executive assistant that's traveled that with an MLA or an MP that's also been able to expense a little bit more. Mm-hmm. If it comes out of a million dollars, tens of millions of dollars, a billion dollars, how much money has been wasted on just the little things of 
oh, well, we've expensed a babysitter because mm-hmm. I, ha- I had to go into the office today. And you know what, Kelsey? We're not even addressing, and nor have we addressed it all afternoon. We're talking about MLAs and their expenses, but we're not talking about government in general and how it wastes money, generally speaking. Just having Canadian content regulations or, well, you know... the story that comes to mind, I think you were away during this time, uh, there was a, a senior who built stairs in Ontario. Oh, I saw the story. And, and, and because, they came and ripped the stairs out. Because the city yep. said it was going to cost, I can't remember what it was, yep. something like $300,000. That could be wrong, but it was something insane. Yeah, it was a stupid and, quote and so like that. he went to Home Depot, got a couple pieces of 165 wood. 165 bucks worth of wood, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and was able to build it. And they're like, it's going to take years. And no. The, the, the story came out shortly after that, that he had expensed his lunch while putting that together. <laughs> so there's, you know, let's not shine a... Hey, uh, we have to take a break. Let's take Linda's call first. Can we do that, G? We've got time. And then we'll switch uh, We'll switch gears. Hey, Linda. Hi there. I would just like to make a little comment that maybe we just have uh, CR, the politicians held to the same accountability that small business is held to by CRA. Yeah. You know, and and another comment I have to make is we have thousands of people taking accounting every year. They're designated accounting courses, and they need something to look at. I would suggest those books. (laughs) might be a good place to... Wow, interesting. It it wouldn't cost anything, but I think they could come up with things. That's an interesting uh, interesting thought right there. You're absolutely right. Tons of business students out there. Uh, Linda, appreciate your patience and uh, and your insight. You wanted to say, Kelsey? Oh, no, I just think this is great, too. We got this text in saying, okay, if you don't want an independent firm that's going to cost us a million dollars to go through all of the old books, put in a, a strong accounting system now and, sure. see, and see how different the expenditures are tomorrow than That's they were yesterday. a great idea. Put in it, yeah, you're absolutely right. Put in that uh, algorithm I want. Put in uh, the rules that we all want. Put in, uh, you know, the accounting procedures. Wait two years, as Todd Hirsch always says. Then look back and see, you're right, what the difference is. That would be more smoke. Now you're seeing flames. Instead of smoke, you'd go, nope, there's flames. Let's take a look at the rest of it. Consider yourself in contempt. Colonel Jessup, did you order the code red? You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Thank you, G. Probably very true. (laughs) Uh, We did get a text in about this. and I I do want to credit them for bringing that to us. This text in a 630-630. The comment on the corruption that we find in the federal, provincial, and municipal governments. Well, a good analogy would be in the scene from the movie A Few Good Men. When he says Kevin Bacon picks up the manual and says, please point out the section on code reds in the manual. Oh, no, that was Tom Cruise. I know, but he said Kevin Bacon, so we're going with that. And the witness on the stand says there isn't one. Then Tom Cruise stands up and says, you can show me where the manual says where the cafeteria is. Witness says there isn't one. And then he follows up and says, well, how do you know where to eat? And the witness said, well... I kind of followed everyone to chow time. The corruption in our government follows that same idea. Hmm. There may not be a manual, but it's there, it's the same, and it's taught. Wow. Well, Chedville, you certainly weighed in on this one, didn't you? You certainly did. Would you like to switch gears? Would you like to... 
to get a little happier. It's 321. I have to start getting our listeners into a schedule, you know, because at this time, typically now, um, in a couple of weeks, they'll all be uh, sitting outside. Well, they won't all be. But many of them will be sitting outside schools picking up their children, many of them for the first time. Well, there are some. We were running the story this week, the, those Inter- who, yeah. who go to year-round schooling. I know. What do you think of that idea? Don't want to do that as a topic. Just off the top of your head, what do you think about all year-round school? I love the principal who was interviewed, and I don't know what school he was with. And he was like, you know, the children actually miss school. Like, they're so happy to be back. Really? Well, that's changed over the years then because well, I, I couldn't it, wait to get out. I think it depends if parents are taking the time off and you're heading out camping or you're heading on a trip. So mm. there, I, I had some friends that spent their summer on the couch playing video games for two months. They couldn't wait to get back. I, I spent an entire summer um, watching TV one year. I still remember it. I, I would have been in grade six. Just every day I got up, whatever time I got up, went down to the basement, turned on the TV, watched movies. It was glorious. I can't think of a summer where I had the opportunity to watch TV. We we camped every single week of the summer. Really? My parents weren't big into taking us anywhere. <laughs> I mean, if my dad was on government business, sure, he'd bring us because it was all expense. So see, kids like you would be very excited <laughs> to get home. Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, I bring up kids only because uh, I read this story in the Daily Mail. And, and, you know, it's a weird thing. We do a lot of stories here on the 630 Ched Afternoon News from the Daily Mail, which, of course, is a publication in England. Um, but it's just really weird. Like, I just really... I really like that publication because they have these slice-of-life stories, and they aren't necessarily always true of North America, but oftentimes, uh, you know, you can sort of uh, glean from them maybe what the future is for us. But there was this story done uh, by a reporter for the Daily Mail who talked to a whole bunch of new moms. So are they millennials? I'm always confused as to what. Is that millennials, 20-year-old moms, 21, 22-year-old moms? I think that falls under millennials. All right, great. Um, and the, the trend these days is that these moms overwhelmingly want their children to call them by their first name. <laughs> and, and the reason they want that is because their fear is, and perhaps they're looking back on their own childhood and their current situation, that they're no longer friends with their parents, that they grew up, they moved out, they don't see their parents much. And so what they want is they want to establish that friendship role between the child and the parent and and so that that, that won't be the outcome 20, 30 years down the road, that they won't move out and they'll never see them again. And because you're, it's not mom you're going to visit, you're visiting Pam, right? <laughs> uh, and oh, ha, you're not a mom yet. No, and, but and I, I, I don't know if you have plans to be. But I, I have a mother. And I can tell, fair, you, and I can tell you that she was a mom. And, they, like, she was tough I don't on even us. know if this is funny, what you're about to say, but it just the delivery was, no, the setup was funny. No, but she, she, I mean, she was tough on us. She was strict, but she was also, there was never a lack of crafts or, like, pool days. Or, like I said, we went camping all the time. Mm-hmm. But I also knew that she was an authority figure. Mm-hmm. And I've, I never thought when she was like, Kelsey... I was almost going to drop my middle name there, but I don't think I'm prepared to. When she'd be like, you go clean your room right now, otherwise we're not going out. I would never be like, listen, Karen, <laughs> we're going to go out when I say we're going to go out. And you're setting yourself up for that. But I can tell you now. <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing. I'm just thinking my dad's name was Rex. <laughs> and that's a pretty short name. It's only three letters, R-E-X. I would not get to the X in Rex before something hit me off the side of the head. <laughs> yeah. You know, where were you all night? Well, let me tell you, boom, it'd be done. (laughs) (laughs) If that did not start with D or or F. (laughs) Father. Yes. I just think that 
in having that, in knowing that I look, I look up to her, I know that she's going to give me yeah. a hard time. Now, later in life, I go and I visit, and we go on wine tours, and we talk about life together, and we can talk about work. Well, is and she your friend? I would say that she now ha- plays a bigger friendship role. I call her, and I, I update her on my life, but I also... I also value her opinion as someone wiser and more authoritative than me in my life. And sometimes she's like, listen, Missy. And I know my Kate mom hat is on. Friend hat came off. Now I'm in trouble. It does not matter how old you are. You are always your child, your mother or your mother's baby, right? You know what? Um, first of all, my children will never refer to me by my first name in their lifetimes. <laughs> uh, secondly, they will not refer to me by a nickname either unless I approve that nickname. Now, I know that I've been called Fozzer. I'm not even sure why, by my daughter from time to time, and I'm willing to live with that. My son occasionally calls me Sergeant, and again, I have no idea why, but I'm able to live with that. But I have a zero tolerance. There is zero tolerance if one of my children calls me Dude, and I don't care if it's in a text or in person or on the phone, there will be repercussions, they will be severe, and they will be immediate. The last time one of my children called me dude, which I, by the way, just hate being called dude. I shouldn't call, tell our listeners that because the ones who don't like me, anyway. You're dude now. I'm dude for sure. <laughs> um, my daughter called me dude, and I stood up, walked to her purse, and took my visa back for a month. Good move. Yeah. I'm like, Lesson your dad learned. gave you that visa, not some dude. And I just, I expect respect. Now, on the other hand, as you well know, I think, and as do our listeners, I go for beers with my son every Friday night, and we throw darts. And now, but now you're a friend, right? In those circumstances, in that one hour or two hours, we're friends. Yeah, we have a good time. But at the end of the day, I demand and expect the respect a parent gets. The six thirty Chad afternoon news with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross weekdays at two on six thirty Chad. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season 6 of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.